Hello there, John. Hello. Hello, John. John, thank you very much for joining me today on Indigo Sessions podcast. Today, I have the wonderful pleasure of sitting with John Goff, also known as Sifu John. And uh, with that, I want to just jump right in here. Welcome to uh, Indigo Sessions, John. Thank you for being here. Uh, thank you for having me on. It's a pleasure. So there's like a lot to get into with you, my friend. A lot. I mean, your story is absolutely amazing. I mean, I was I was checking out your website and that like that little like bio there is. Wow. That, that's just like it's intense. It's intense. That's why I know this is going to be really, I mean, it's going to be amazing. Uh, so congratulations and job well done on like, you know, getting getting yourself this far, my friend. That is that is truly like amazing. I really and, appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> so <clears throat> what, uh, for those who might not know, what what is a Sifu? Uh, it, uh, Sifu has uh, many meetings. You know, like, uh, some people uh, take Sifu as a master um or uh, or high-ranking martial artists in the chinese martial arts um but a lot of people uh, just use the term sifu just that just as teacher you know like like you're a sifu you know just like a sensei um like you've reached a level enough to be able to teach and give so um the way sifu has been used for me from the chinese martial arts perspective and just from um other methodologies i i'm just a person who's learned a lot and i'm just trying to pass it on yeah no, that's beautiful. <clears throat> Absolutely beautiful. So, <clears throat> let's let's start with some of this the uh, the stuff that you offer. Basically, like you, I know that you do uh, <clears throat> you do Reiki, you uh, you're involved with Qigong, you do breath work, martial arts, and even some gosh gua sha. Yes, gua sha. <laughs> Say that one five times fast. Yeah. <laughs> no, which is also known as cupping, right? So I uh, have gua sha, which is um. A, a, a scraping um, technique, which stimulates um, moving a scar tissue and getting blood flowing, and among other, you know, other things. So, if a person has um, like damage in area, like I, I, I'll use a certain scraping motion with a tool um, to help break apart scar tissue and um, in an area that hasn't healed correctly and get the blood flowing again. And then um, that's separate from the cupping. You know, people know it's wet cupping or dry cupping, where I have mm -hmm. um, like these little rounded cups of different shapes and sizes that um, they get sucked under the body, and um, you know, it pulls and stimulates too, and creates a little bit of bruising, and it's known to bring chi or energy to the area um, to help detoxify the body and uh, you know get the body flowing again. So I do gua sha and and the cupping as a separate technique. Separate technique. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Thank you for clarifying that. So now let's, you know, I was going to jump into some of the stuff that you do, but let's jump into the, to your journey. What, what got you there? What started you on your, your healing journey? Because I think that would be, I, I, that's amazing to me. So if you could share with the audience, please. Oh, yes. Um, just, um, just growing up, um, I, uh, directly into uh, very uh, physical, sexual abusive uh, situations from literally um, like the time I was born and um, the the deep traumatic abuse, uh, you know, like for, you know, from the um, uh, the sexual end, is, uh, my, my, you know, went until I was about uh, close to seven years old, and then um, got adopted by my grandparents, and um, while there was a sexual abuse there, uh, they then adopted me, and uh, there was a lot of uh, deep religious indoctrination and uh, physical abuse that that just made it worse. It's like I was already traumatized and. These people who are supposed to love me and protect me, then like, um, like they continue to uh, be very um, spiritually, emotionally, and physically abusive. 
Um, and, and that went on until I was about 17. So during the process of it, it was still continuing. Um, and this is a, they, they, sort of ironic, you know, um, I, they, they enrolled me into martial arts. And um, so I was learning how to defend myself and, you know, getting things together. And I was having experience with different teachers and people that I would meet. And I started getting uh, this, this, it wasn't just the confidence it was a, a different sense of being like, 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 what is this vessel? Like, 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 like what, like what's underneath this, this robotic machine that I don't know how to drive because it's always been driven for me. It was, it's been driven by emotions. It was driven by fear. It was driven by like so much trauma that um, I, I didn't know myself. And as I'm starting to move my body doing uh, these things called katas or hyungs, um, their forms or, set patterns or motions with different um techniques you know blocking kicking punching and moving but uh, as i was breathing through them and i started to really feel things in my body i'm like well what's this feeling my hands are getting tingly my body's getting warm and a couple times i found myself having emotional releases where i'm like partly through and i'm i'm starting to cry i'm like why the heck am i crying because i started to understand who i was what i was and um, you know, it, it took these these motions, the you know, this freedom that it's me moving myself, it's me breathing, it's me taking control, um, and that's literally what started um, my healing journey because I wanted to know what what was next. I, I, I like what else was there, and a teacher explained to me, he's just like, um, like you're you're feeling your key, and that's what the Japanese yeah. and uh, the Koreans call, you know, call energy. It's like the the Chinese call it chi and there's many other names. So when I really started to, to feel this energy flow through me, uh, I started noticing like my, my joints weren't being as stiff. And then I remember throwing a punch and feeling like this wave go through my elbow. And then I just started crying again because I used to be held by the arms or my elbow and literally get the crap kicked out of me. And all of a sudden this release through the area where trauma was stored. And I'm like, whoa. And then I started learning Qigong, which is um, like breathing and holding positions, very soft motions, very, very similar to Tai Chi. Um, it's all about Chi regulation and Chi development and cultivating the Chi. And then I'm like, it is, you know, about healing. So there was the internal side that I really started getting into, um, you know, sort of the counterbalance, the external I, I was learning, which had very um, deep energetic development. But um, the faster way I wanted to go to learn at a higher level was to also learn internal arts. And that started taking my healing journey to another level because now I was becoming grounded. Now I was feeling peace. I was, I was getting away from all that emotional compulsion to, to act a certain way or to duplicate the trauma that I was given. Um, I started speaking differently you know, than my grandfather, the one I called dad after the adoption. Um, I, I was looking at things differently. I was speaking differently. And um, it, it really started opening my eyes to another world where um, – religious books didn't have answers for me i started having answers for myself and then um just basic philosophy of, of the culture that i was in um being um in a, a deep um, lean grain um, lds slash woman culture um I, I started for me without you know i wasn't casting judgment but i was becoming aware that um i think i'm waking up a little bit i don't want to go oh my god i'm awake i'm a woke person no, I was like, wow, like I'm starting to see things differently. I'm starting to see the way I move, the way I speak, the way I act. It, it leaves imprints. And um, all the stuff that I was saying you do before, 
it wasn't leaving a healthy impact on this earth. And I want to change that. How, how old were you at this time? And as, so by that time, um, I was about 16 or so, 16, 17-ish. Like, um, I, I finally got the abuse to stop. I, I literally remember the one moment of time where after hearing my teachers want to intervene and me just letting them know I had nowhere to go. I, I, didn't want, I didn't want to be in foster care again or, you know, get locked in detention or have the abuse covered up and swept away and make me look like the bad guy. And yeah. they're like, you know, one day you're going to have to make a choice. When do you want to really stop? And I remember my father taking a swing at me and be literally stopping his hand, looking at him, and then just pushing off the side. He'd be like, all these years of training and uh, all the threats by everybody, what would happen if I ever hit back? Um, do you really want to see what I really learned? Yeah. And then the fear <laughs> in his eyes where it clicked. What the hell have <laughs> I done? And then, you know, nothing else happened from there. It's taught like literally that was the last time he ever took a swing at me. It took oh, me letting him know you will never touch me again. Wow. And then the healing journey really started after that. So what are you doing at this point? You're staying you're staying with the martial arts, definitely, and like what you're doing, but like do you, do you just naturally start seeking out other things? I mean, because you sounds like you've had and you're starting to be becoming more awakened now like you said yeah i i i found um a really good like reiki teacher because i'm like you know like yeah what else because of this qigong i learned qigong like i got i got accepted by grandmaster to teach me a lot of the esoteric secrets of nagong which is more of a father art um what are the healing modalities are there that, that are similar or that are easy and concepts to be able to to grasp that I could add in my training, add in my healing journey for others. So I found a, yeah. a Ricky teacher, and uh, it it was a strenuous time. Like it took me ten years to become a Reiki master. It wasn't an overnight process. Uh, like um, I had to work on a lot of people. I had to take documentation, and then you know, and then the deeper I got into it, I saw, well, oh wow, you know, just just gets this thing called a Reiki attunement, and you know, do a couple symbols and look all witchy and magical. Um, like mm-hmm. they have meditations, they have ways to do stuff. You have to breathe a certain way. You hold your hands a certain way. You don't just cup on somebody and put it over uh, what we call a chakra or an energy point in the body. There's a way you move above the body. There's places you do things differently. And I'm like, wow, that's very really similar to Qigong or that's similar to this. So let me dive it even deeper to the energetic healing arts and what was real, what, what wasn't. What was bastardized? What's been watered down? I wanted to get the deepest truth and get closest to the source that I possibly could. And that led me to some Japanese grandmasters. That led me to, to uh, Tibetan monks, where I really want to see, like, how far back does this actually go? And then what can I do with it as I heal myself and for my spiritual and energetic journey? And then how am I going to be able to implement it for society you know, who really needs this and who's ready for it? And um, I sort of went off from there. How long have you been in service in that nature? It, it, my, my, so, so literally, so uh, a little over 16 years now. So I, I started going I, I, I really deep um, when I was 20. And um, I'm 36 now. So yeah, so about 16 years I've been at it. <laughs> yeah, no, that's really incredible. Now, what is Ni Gong? Uh, Nei Gong is, is literally I, I, the father father of 
of, of Qigong, of Tai Chi, of, of, of anything okay. that's, that's internal when it comes to the gongs that are working with the energy. Yeah. Um, it, it was, you'll, you'll see similarities to Neigong. You'll see similarities to uh, modern uh, Falun Dafa um, in China. Uh-huh. But, it, it, like, but, it, but it's much more. Um, yeah. you, have it, you, you go to deep pore breathing where you're not just, you're not just breathing literally in your nose after your mouth. You're learning to breathe through your whole entire being. And, uh-huh. and, and you're not just stimulating the energy. You're working on your internal body, but then you're working on your external internal body. And then you know, like, you know, it gets deep into what people might call um, the astral realm, but it, 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 it's something much more than that. You're working on really opening up things that people who are highly tuned can't even see because it might, you know, it, it's deeper teachings. It's, it's mysteries, it's secrets. And that's something that, that attracted me to Reiki. When you get into the Shimpanen, it's in the Shimpanen is known as the mystery. What is the mystery? The mystery itself is there's so many layers and there's another layer, another layer. And a lot of people stop at maybe a third layer, a fifth layer. And then the Shippenden teaches you there is no limit to what you can do. You, you know, you are limitless, but you have to choose to keep on going. And some people, it's overwhelming. And I, and I didn't mind the overwhelming. I, I figured, man, as much as I've already been through the abuse, um, I can handle this. And I chose to keep on learning and to keep on going deeper. So it's like the AIDS, like, my, my, like we can have you healed in 10 sessions. Well, I don't heal anybody. I facilitate. They have to accept it. But if they accept it, I don't want to see you 10 or 20 times. Let's see what we can achieve in one time or three times. And, and then pass me on to another client. And I give you the tools to go deeper into yourself. Oh, yeah. That, that's a wonderful way of doing it, too. I agree. Yeah, you, uh, you empower that individual, right? Yes. And again, like you said, too, they have to accept it. And they have to be a willing participant. I mean, ultimately, I mean, that, that's like the, that's one of the biggest parts with like I found in my healing was that I had to just finally hit that point where it was like there was no other alternative but to, to go in that direction. Exactly. <laughs> so now I've also I also read that you 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 uh, deal with some PS or PTSD. Yes. The, uh, the majority of um, the clients that I've had or have currently um, I, heavy drug abuse. Um, all forms of uh, uh, methamphetamines, like, like, like you name it, um, like they've done some of the harshest drugs there is, um, rape victims, uh, and like, as all forms of sexual assault, uh, people who've gone through war um, you know, or deep physical abuse, like yeah. people who have been deeply traumatized, um, you know, tend to be the ones I work with because um, they need something more. Doctors have failed, medications are failing. Um, the, like their their religious teachers um, aren't giving what they need, um, and that tends to gets a hold of me because like we've tried everything, and when I hear people say, "Well, I tried everything," for those who are seeking but don't know where to go, it's my little joke. Well, you haven't tried me. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely, definitely. So now. <clears throat> All of these modalities, I mean, are they, are they modalities that you work with, like yourself personally? Do they, yes. do they serve you at all? Okay. Oh, yes. And then I'm like, yeah, it's like, um, one of the things I teach is it's very related in internal arts as well as to martial arts in general, whether it's internal martial arts or internal healing arts. Um, the, the basics, like you don't have any mastery without a good foundation. 
if your basics aren't strong and yeah, there's nothing because all mastery is is masterful basics and then all the little things that might be considered advanced yes they are more advanced techniques but they're easier done and uh perform to learn if you have if you have a strong base so i i still go back to very very basic breathing you know so say if somebody might have you know hey we're gonna breathe in five seconds you know in five seconds out well it's still basic breathing you're doing the same thing but now you're doing 10 seconds in 10 seconds out and now you're doing 20 seconds 20 seconds 30 30 i it, it, it sort of just goes on from there, but the slower you breathe and you, and you start to process consciously more into a conscious breath, if I'm just doing basic breathing, which has its, its foundation also um, in Qigong and meditation, if I'm breathing in slow, really slow, and I'm just focusing without any visualization yet, like, like nothing yet be considered like self, self-hypnotic or facilitative mind easier. And I'm just filling it in. Where is it going? What is it doing? Just being aware of the breath. Nothing else. Not letting my thoughts run wild. And I'm doing a slow. Wow, that was cool what I just achieved in this much time. And then it's like, okay, we'll do it again. And then, you know, it's in a month you're doing it. And then a year. And then 10 years down the road, people do all this crazy breathing. But then, like, you know, all these really great masters, like, like, what's next? And all my teachers said the same thing from my Ayurvedic teachers and like from my Chinese teacher, my Korean teacher, my Filipino teachers, people of all over the world. This is what they come to. Go back to the first breath you learned. Do you find that most of the people you work with could use breath work? Breath work. I, 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 it was one thing. And I actually just made a Facebook post about this yesterday. So it's sort of funny that you just asked me that. Yeah. Is <clears throat> with all the things that people can, it is one thing that I would recommend to anybody because I've seen the results and there's scientific studies to this. I guess no longer in mysticism anymore. This is science. This is East and, and the West are meeting together that if you want to get off medication, you want to lower your heart rate, you want to get emotional control, like you want to stop the chatter in your mind, learn how to breathe. <laughs> You know, I, I totally agree with you. I just think that's so funny because I mean, it's something that you know <clears throat> we all do without thinking about it. But we, we, if we, we could enhance it and do it a lot better and actually serve ourselves a, a greater service in doing that. You know, because I was introduced to it in uh, what, 20, 2014. <clears throat> and uh, she was a yoga instructor too. And I was this time I was a hairdresser. And she had shared with me, you know, you, it starts with your breath, you know, just start with your breathing, you know, and that'll kind of help you with this. She was giving me some like, you know, some suggestions. Or I, I asked, I actually asked. <clears throat> and she's telling me about this breath work. And so I tried it for a week and it, I, my mind was, I wasn't ready for it at the time. But it took, it took 2014, 2015, 2016 for me to kind of keep incorporating it to where I was starting to finally understand and see what it was about. And then it wasn't until it was like, what, 2018 that I started like playing with a lot more breath work that I found on, on YouTube and stuff like that. And hearing a lot more about that kind of like stuff going out and people facilitating it. And all of a sudden, you know, it's like when you're focused on something, you just see it pop up everywhere. Uh, it just popped up everywhere then, you know, and that's I'm a big proponent of that because, yeah, it's breathing. If you just get your mind clear for just a moment, you could, you know, maybe make, you know, a better, a better better left turn you know what i mean or make a better better choice that's going to serve you better just by having that clarity 
I mean, that's how it is for me anyway. Oh, yes. So now, do you do, you do a lot of on work or online classes or do you, do you meet people in person as well? I, I, like right now, especially because um, the whole COVID rise and um, yeah. mandates and um, a lot of fear that um, has been just going across the, the world itself, especially the U.S. Yes. I, I, I've got to do a lot of video calls. So um, that's actually spike business. Um, and and it, I started making a preference to just do online. So if you want like, online, you know, an online breath session or an online healing session or, you know, what I uh, would just call distance work, um, that's really been the rise for me and has helped me a lot um, be, be able to give people something when they could get it in front of them. But uh, the, the just being in this uh, digital era has really helped get you know get it to people who need it so i still occasionally yeah. will do like one-on-one work but it's something i have noticed uh, this is anybody uh, a, a lot of people are afraid of touch or and, and this goes back to trauma this goes back to uh, you know safety and comfort mm-hmm. so if somebody comes for a session and um maybe they don't, they, they don't know what to expect and so it, it makes it a lot easier um, when I've done online that I don't have to explain, okay, I'm going to put my hands right here. I'll put my hands right here because sometimes the more talking there is, even though you want to build a rapport, you want to give comfort to the individual, uh, I don't have to do that when I'm doing uh, video sessions. But when I do have people with me in order to make sure that they don't go into trauma and if they do have a, what we call an SCR or a, a, a somato-emotional release – that they do it uh, in comfortability and they're able to integrate from it because um, you know, my hand's going above an area. Even if I'm not touching, if you're, if you're not careful when you're in person and you're doing these sessions, all it takes is, is a little slip or too much pressure. And then it goes from an emotional release to a traumatic release. And that traumatic release isn't what we're looking for. We're looking for emotional releases in order to move the energy, let the trauma go so it no longer afflicts them on um, you know, like a, a body-mind spiritual level, which causes the depression, which causes the anxiety, the psychosis, or the physical body pains. So that's where I, when I, I do do it in person, you got to be very gentle, very careful, and really walking through and talking through it. But when it's over the video, it's like, oh my God, what's happening? And I'm like, yeah, sort of cool, isn't it? And I'm like, so, yeah. and we can jump into things a little bit quicker. So yes, I still do the the, the person, but uh, the videos make it a lot easier. Yeah. Now, <clears throat> excuse me, pardon me. Do you uh, do you work with plant medicine as well? Uh, yes, I do. And then about like uh, but, but I have worked with um, uh, a plant medicine known as ayahuasca for quite a long time, and then uh, I work with a uh, a Brazilian snuff. Um, and I always say snuff because you know technically it is. Uh, yeah. called, called Hoppe, which I've been commissioned for for quite a few years. Okay, I'm familiar with that. Yeah, oh, so nice. uh, I, I use it, I order it, um, and I serve it, um, I host Hoppe ceremonies. Um, it, it, and that's also been a, a, actually a great facilitator um, you, to the work I already do. So when people want to go really, really deep, um, you know, then for those who are ready or those who you know feel the call to it, offered and talked about some things I do that sometimes the hoppe is also offered with with uh, the healing sessions that we do yeah and do you also teach martial arts 
I, I taught Marshalls quite a long time. I, so I still have a couple of private students. Um, I've dedicated everything that I do over to, um, to healing work. So if somebody does, you know, come call me, they want to learn. I yeah. also teach, but um, my focus for myself is um, I continue to train the martial arts that I've done it for so long. Um, you yeah. know, for myself, my own gratification, but then also yeah, I do things to help people. So I teach martial arts now uh, while they're still physical, they have to learn the techniques. It's done in a more of a healing manner so they understand if they have to hit somebody, you're hitting them to stop. You're hitting them to heal them. And the people are like, oh, what? You, you, what did you just say? Uh, if you hit somebody, <laughs> you're giving them an opportunity to heal by stopping. You're not, you're not trying to kill them. We, we're not trying to make them or break them. Well, all those things are there for real dangerous situations. When I change the approach of you, you hit them hard enough, but you're not hitting their body. You're hitting their soul. You're trying to let them know, stop. It doesn't have to happen anymore. Give them an opportunity to stop. And if it has to go further than that, which you know, nobody wants to go further than that. But if it does, um, you gave them every opportunity to, to, you know, to no longer engage in something vicious, malicious, or violent, trying to harm you another person. And if that one hit wakes them up to go, I don't want any more of this. And I need to stop. That's that's a moment of healing. That's a moment they can choose to no longer engage and uh, start being a different person. So my approach to teaching martial arts is a lot different than people now. Yeah, no, I like that a lot. And then, well, I, and then now, like especially now, you know, you're kind of might, pushing most of your focus into the healing aspect of what you do. It just it makes sense that you kind of adopt a a particular type of a philosophy when it comes to stuff like that or things of that nature. Yeah, it's beautiful. Well, yeah, that, there's a lot. That's a like a yeah, like a balance that has that that goes on right there. I mean, because you've got that kind of skill and potential in you, but that's not your desire with your heart. You know. Yeah, it's, 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 I train. I do my stuff. I I just keep up with everything, but um, the time, the discipline, and I, 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 a lot of the the problem that comes with being the role as a martial arts teacher, it's not something that I want to do. You know, I, I, I still train quite a bit every single week and a few hours a day. I have things I do, but um, it, it's, a, it's also a responsibility uh, that I, I, I don't want to have that responsibility is if I have a role, something that I want to be responsible for, I want to be responsible for passing on knowledge that's hard to manipulate and it's hard to hurt people with. Nice. Absolutely. That makes a lot of sense. Now you're based in Utah, right? Yes, I, I am in Cedar City, Utah. How long have you have you been in Utah? Is that where you started? No, no, no Mike. Um, so I started training uh, uh, before I moved out of California with my grandparents. Um, I, I started training martial arts there. But then I, I met about 60% of my teachers here in Utah. And I, I moved here when I was... Um, Eight and a half, nine. Oh wow! You said sixty percent. Yeah, that and it, it, it was really, really cool. Like, um, yeah. there was already uh, different Asian teachers here. There was a lot of Caucasian teachers um, who, who were top five, very high level people. Uh, so I, 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 just in Utah alone, I had Caucasian teachers. I had, I had Filipino teachers. I, I had Chinese teachers. Um, There's a lot of. Is uh, I see like Utah uh, was sort of a cesspool for different cultures at a time at a very young age, 
when I, I moved to Hurricane Utah, there was like 700 people there. You know, yeah. and my surrounding area is really, really small, but there was a lot of diverse community already here. Now, before that, did you do a lot of traveling at all? Uh, it, uh, I did start traveling a lot until I was about 20, 21. And, and, uh, and then I, I would make trips to Arizona. And then um, I, I later on made some trips to New York. And then I was somewhere else. And I was somewhere else. And then, you know, I, I was trying to find exactly you know what I wanted uh, from a teacher. And, but then I, I started seeing, you know, like who could really apply and there's a lot of teachers. I mean, don't get me wrong. They had a great knowledge, but yeah. they, they had a hard time passing it on. So I was a little bit disappointed. Like, I'm like, I'm like man, I can, but you guys move good. You do great healing work. But you, they had a hard time communicating how to do it. And, I, and that also really, really helped me. Because, like, I don't just want to get good. I don't want to be great. I don't want to be some damn grand master. You can't pass it on. I really <laughs> want to be able to learn how to teach it. And that took me time to slow me down even more. And I'm like, okay, this motion does this. This breathing does this. They claim that, you know, that the meridian moves this way. It comes out of the palm chakra this way. Okay, well, how do I teach that? So slowing it down and finding a way I also had to teach it made, made the healing work even better. So some of these great teachers that could teach it inspired me to learn how to teach better. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, I was just about to ask. Can you uh, can you share with us what does your what, what does your day look like as far as what you do for yourself, any of the breath work or the uh, martial arts, anything like that? Do you spend a lot of time dedicated to that? That it, it, I try to put at least three hours in a day. Three hours. Yeah. Are you an early riser? Uh, Sometimes really, really early, um, but, you, but, but adjustment, just schedule changing, um, like depending on what's going on for the day. But um, I typically, like, I, I have my breath work, I have my martial arts training, um, being, able, being able to go, you know, go to the gym and, and get more of the physical aspects in as far as like, like lifting weights and uh, dealing with uh, body strength. Then I, I, I have emails, I have my other podcast, I have my video calls. I, I have time with my wives and everything else I have going on in my life right now. So yeah. I, I try to really just even everything out as much as I can. But um, I take care of business. Um, and this also sort of falls under um, what me and my uh, friend, uh, Dr. Travis Fox, do together with our business, um, what we call the BPR, the business, um, the, the personal, the relationships, how to come into harmony with it. And, and, and you know, I see how much time you're actually dedicating to it. If I dedicate too much to the business, I didn't get my training in. I didn't have time with my ladies. I didn't have. To, I don't have time for anything else in my life as far as even friends go. You know. So, but then if I do too much personal, then business is going to fall apart, and then I'm not going to be able to either have relationships either. So, really taking the time to focus on how much time do I need for the business? What do I need to invest in? How much time do I need for my personal to make sure that my well-being is good? And this is why I put the training time in. Because, you know, I have to do the things that actually are meaningful to me that have made me and created me that continue to be, you know, part of my foundation and what forms me. And then what type of relationships do I want to have? And then who do I want to have them with and make sure that the time that I'm sharing, because time is pressure for everybody, to get yeah. gratitude for the people that are sharing their time with me and make sure that I'm going to share my time with somebody that is meaningful 
So you, to really structure that business, that personal, the relationships has made a big impact on my life. So I could be the professional I want to be. I could be the husband I want to be. And I could be the friend that I want to be while maintaining the integrity of what I need for my own sovereignty. Yeah, that's wonderful. That's, that's wonderful. It sounds like a very nice balance. Like you've got that. Are you big on goal setting? I, I, I was big on goal setting at one time, but uh, I saw uh, through a lot of observation years of paying attention to it, uh, setting realistic goals. And I'm like, well, I think it's great people have dreams that you know, they, they have their aspirations. But um, if, if you're going to, it's like, man, like, I, I want to do a marathon. I, I'll just exaggerate this a little bit, but I have seen this done a lot but for the purpose of talking about it okay like so um you want to do a half marathon you a full marathon well um get on like start on a treadmill like, like don't go outside with road work it's going to be you know either way it's going to be impact you know it might be hot it might be cold like start off with it in a calm environment start off with half a mile <sighs> i can barely breathe okay now do half a mile for three or four days and then do a little more than half a mile, like build yourself into it. Yeah. And then, and then I, 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 I watch people literally just quit. Oh, I'm never going to be able to do it. You set such a high damn goal and you set it for like, you know, start with something small. You know what? In order for you to be able to run a half a marathon, you know, I'm like, I need to set this goal that I'm going to be able to do three miles. Then I'm going to be able to do four miles. And then once you start getting close to range to where you want to be for the half marathon, now you start training for the half marathon, but you start training for the half marathon by first setting a small goal. So if I can achieve this, then let's see if I can achieve this. And then you start to see like, this isn't about taking first, second, third place. The, the goal itself should be about finishing it, but you have to start somewhere. And that starts with making a realistic goal. So yes, goal setting is something I, I, I endorse if the goal is realistic, but you can't be realistic if you don't know where you're at. So if you know yeah. where you're at and you do it, and then now you can go for your next goal, which might be, again, a half mile more. Or maybe I, I can't give a mind still for more than 20 minutes, okay? But now you can do it for 20 minutes and 20 seconds. Set your alarm or now set your alarm for five minutes more and you might be, you think, oh, I didn't achieve it. And then all the alarm goes off. And you just realize, I did five more minutes. Or I did 20 more minutes. So your idea for meditation or breath work or just sitting in stillness and being calm, you can do it. But you have to start somewhere again. It all, it all starts with starting somewhere. Start with one minute. Oh, I could do that. And I, I'll, I'll literally put clients in front of me or, again, on video. Okay, we're going to do this for two minutes. And then... The jittery. Is it done yet? You know, five minutes. I So some people start quicker and some people after 30 seconds, they're, they're literally done because they can't stay calm because they're not allowing themselves to be present. Yeah. So goal setting itself is also being present within yourself to know where you're at and then where you want to be and then taking the time to achieve it. But you, you if you try to rush a goal, you're not going to get there. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I love that. I love it. Yeah. Can you share with us the hybrid energy treatment that you offer? Yes. The hybrid energy treatment, 
It is literally, um, it, it is the Qigong, it is the Reiki, it is the Qigong, it is the Nagong, it's, it's the breath work, oh. like, all, put toge- all put together in, in, into one fluid system. So like, you know, like typically, um, a, a more of a, a Western Reiki practitioner, again, a lot different than the way I learned it from the masters I did. They'll put their, they'll, they'll start to put in their hands either on, on the feet, on the knees. Um, and for anybody who knows how the chakras work, mm-hmm. on the first chakra, I going down, you know, like by the two degrees in, but not necessarily on top of it. And then to the belly button, the second chakra, then the third chakra to the solar plexus, fourth chakra to the heart, fifth chakra to the throat, sixth, sixth chakra between your eyes, and then the seventh chakra just right above the head. And that's how they do a session. And they might have you flip, you know, flip you over onto your back on a massage table and do the same thing on your back. But with the, with the way I did the Qigong and uh, the Qigong and the Nagong and the breath work and, and, and the, the way I learned it, um, I, I might do the feet and then I might, you know, do a feet and knee, knee on the same part of the body. So right foot, right knee, left foot, you know, left knee, and then work my way up. Then there's the thighs, and then there's, there's places on the side, and then you know the side of the hips on top. So there's multiple body parts that will be touched and also waved across as you move through the meridians, and not just areas of uh, stored energy or chakra locations. So they're getting a full energetic treatment, much more just beyond I'm touching the chakras. I'm gonna clear an area. No, like for me, like this is my own personal belief from all the time I put behind it. You have to clear the meridians. You have to clear the outer field because not everything is always internal. You know, as far as like, Oh my God, everything's inside. Sometimes the outside is what's causing the internal trauma. And people want to believe in uh, the auric fields or the fields being affected or entity things trying to get in. If your auric field is being attacked, your physical body is going to suffer. And, and, if, you're, and if, you're, if you're holding all this stuff on the outside and you have so much internal damage that is manifested to the outer body, well, the outer body also has to be cleansed. So by moving and shifting the outer energy with the, the internal system of energy, then that's what I use the combination of treatments for. Sometimes I, I'll breathe a certain way to shift how the energy moves. So not just Reiki energy, it's it's my internal energy. It is the Qigong. It is the breath around us. It is that life force combined with the energetic modalities of Reiki to help move a shift in energy that you normally would find in a typical Reiki session. So they're getting the benefit of high level Reiki mastery with, um, you know, Qigong fluidity and the other internal arts with the breath to help push how to, to move. And I don't want to say the word uh, suck it out, but to be able to literally like vacuum it out and to remove it mm-hmm. and it creates a, a different flow in the body so the outer flow the uh, the different layers of internal um, are now being shifted and moved and corrected at a different level wow now with doing those those kind of service like service like that is that something that uh, you actually feel like movement in your body yourself or any kind of increase or decrease in your physiology it, it, um Anytime I do a session, uh, it, mm-hmm. it's literally, man, I'm like, like drinking three cups of coffee. I, oh, I, I wow. don't get drained. And, then I'm like, yeah, and I've heard a lot of people, like, and this is for me to, to give something uh, to the audience uh, as an opener, uh, you know, then like, so nobody gets their feelings hurt. 
Um, if people get affected by the session and they're a facilitator, they're not grounding themselves. They're, they're not protecting their own energy. I've worked yeah. on a lot of people. I'm doing a lot. I've worked on a lot. I, I, a few thousands a lot. Like I've, I've been at this a long time. I've never gotten sick. I, I, I don't get a headache. I don't feel this stuff. I've seen things. I, I, I've seen the traumas. I've had flashes, experiences. I felt the emotion. And I've never gotten sick. So if, if people are getting sick or they're filling the client or they, they say, oh, I can only do so many a day, it's not that they're doing anything wrong. They just haven't been taught any better. And, and you know, if a person starts projecting anything back into the facilitator, well, like we, should be, we should be taking anything in. All the energy is coming out of us into them and nothing should be coming back into us. Yes. Very nice. <clears throat> I agree. I agree. That was a big one for me too. The grounding, the grounding part that took me a few years to really, to really get that down. <clears throat> a good practice for myself that worked because I tried a bunch of them. I went through a bunch of like different modalities for, for grounding <clears throat> and none of them were, I mean, they, none of them I, were, I would say would, would really work. You know, I was just kind of like, okay, this, this, this. I was still skeptical basically. And it, it took me years to kind of cultivate that. But once you get that grounding down, I mean, my God, you're off and running. You know, there's just so much more that you can you can get out of the day and just yourself and just learn and grow and develop. Oh yes. And you, you also offer a Kundalini awakening, astral realm work, and divine alignment uh, session. <clears throat> what does that look like? That looks like um, me setting up. Um, uh, I wouldn't say like full ceremonial space, but uh, a very uh, safe, um, protected container for an individual who they're done, and, and, and when I say this, um, I'll only say the best words I can is John Goff. They're done with dogma. They're done with religion. I, 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 they don't want to be guilted, or I call fogs. There's no fear. Um, there's no obligation. There's no guilt. There's no shame. I, 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 you know, they believe in something more. They want to know something more. But anytime they felt something, or they have a glimpse of what they believe to be being outside of this matrix or more of a, a true reality than the reality that, that most people have every day, that's when people come to me. They're like, is that, like I, I've been Kundalini for 10 years or 20 years and I, I, all, all these mantras and, and, you know, like, and I'm like, well, I did that too. But uh, here's something really, really cool. Kundalini awakening is the ability to you know, open up energy and uh, feel shocked to yourself. That's what you want to prescribe to as far as the flow goes. All it takes is willingness to be vulnerable, to open up, and to lay down, and just 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 be, just be the present of the feeling of it. And I'll set my space up. The person lay down, and then we'll go through breath work together. And I'll facilitate the energetic side of it, and they let me in. And then through um, what might be considered um, guided meditation or getting deeper into the acceptance or the relaxation of the energy and then we unlock one area and then we lock another and then as they start going deeper i have them talk to me i they don't have to be silent this isn't like mystical music playing and I, as if i was doing or being participating in an ayahuasca ceremony no mm -hmm. they're going to talk to me and i'm like you know so if they start feeling okay hey i'm a little bit scared right here okay i'll just breathe a little bit deeper i'll slow the breathing down we're moving in here and then my hands start getting 
a little bit further above the body where I'm not touching. And then, you know, they, they might start having little twitches. And we can continue to breathe. And then now we shift the breathing to a little faster paced breathing. And then the energy starts flowing more. And then as soon as they're ready to release, my hand goes on top of their head and I'm on the first their first chakra and you know and, and their crown and they're going, they're breathing. And you know, anything from crying to you know, sometimes uh, you know, moaning what people don't understand that mm-hmm. they're having an experience that might seem sexual, but it's not. It's in a moment, it's a release of this powerful energy and it's the way the body responds. Yes. And yeah. then you know, they might distort a little bit. But then it, it can go for five minutes. It can go for 40 minutes. And then after it's done and we ground it back down and, you know, and, and they're able to sit and process it, it's like, whoa, this is what I've been looking for all my life. I feel this surging energy within my body. Um, what do I do with it? And then we start talking about it. What do you want to do with it? What do you want to create with it? What new reality do you want to create now that you've tasted a new reality? Yeah. And now they have choices of how they want to live, what they want to be. But I, I express it to people. Once you go down this path, like there's really no turning back from it. So you have to make sure <laughs> if you really want to do this, I, I'm like, you know what you're getting into. And I've only done, uh, I don't know, 10, 11 of these in the past years. So, so it's not yeah. as common for people to do this. And, the, you know, my, because it is, it is a life path change. So if you want to go to Kundalini Awakening and, and and they want to break away from stuff, you've got to be prepared because this is a heavy session. This is a deep container. Yeah. And um, if, if you really want to wake yourself up, I'll help facilitate that. But it's still nice. you making the choice to come to different terms of what you perceive as real. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Now, I always, I, I always like to, to talk about diet. What kind of diet do you follow? Is it a strict one? Or are you kind of casual about it? I I I, I have a pretty uh, medium diet. I, I, I might I might eat red meat depending on if I had a really really hard training session and my body's just like damn like the chicken isn't doing it the fish isn't doing it um you know like like even the turkey's not doing it I don't get a lot of red meat but when I do um, I still do that in moderation and I, I have to make sure it's really clean bison or it's the cleanest steak that I can get. And, um, mm-hmm. and, and, and I still don't cook it all the way because I want to have more of the freshness to it. But otherwise, um, yeah, a lot of vegetables. I love my rice, but I still don't overdo the rice. And then if I want to have extra rice, then I'll do brown rice or I'll do quinoa. But chicken and fish are a big part of our, uh, you know, uh, my diet and my life. And making sure that I'm getting the proper protein, but also the carbs. I don't do a lot of carbs. And, 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 you know, and when I do... It's sweet potatoes. It's yams. I I don't um, like doing regular potatoes, and I try to avoid uh, like heavy, heavy starches. But like I mean, when mm-hmm. I do, it, it's used for energy, or I have a reason behind it. So if I'm gonna have a big run, or if I know that I'm gonna be pounding on a bag or a wooden dummy for a few hours, and I want to keep on going, then I'll up my intake of my rice. Or but I'm always matching it with the protein, and then my water consumption. I drink a heck of a lot of water every single day because I want to be so hydrated. But before I eat anything or do anything, when I wake up in the morning, it, like I make sure I consume a decent amount of water because it's proven to stimulate the organs, to, you know, to help your intestines, to flush you out. So before any training, 
any work, any meditation, anything I do, I do wake up for my water consumption first. How much water? How much water oh, do you take to start stimulating it, it, stuff? And... It, for, for everybody, it, it is it, it is a little bit different, but it, uh-huh. it's, it's recommended. You know, anything you know between uh twelve to twenty ounces when you wake up, just, just some nice cold water. It, it gives the organs a shock, and it makes the organs start pumping quicker. You know, and I'm like, you know, you know, let the blood flow and they get things moving. So sometimes I wake up three cups of water, and sometimes I wake up six cups of water. It also depends on where my hydration level is. So if I feel a little bit hydrated, I'll drink a little bit more, and then I'll and then I'll just sit with it, and I'll you know, and then after 15, 20 minutes of just sitting for a little bit, then I'll start with gentle movements, and I'll give myself a little like a little stomach rub. I'll start stretching, and then I'll jump into um, the hoppe, the meditation, the movement and training, and I get myself moving for the day. Oh wow, I like that. You know, just like kind of like slowly progress into the day, and then and then what? By like evening time, you're all like <laughs> Mr. Intense, I guess to say the least. Yeah, it's, 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 as soon as the evening hits, I, yeah. I have other things I do, and then I have my evening training sessions where I, you know, I, I still currently go. So even with all my rank and what I achieved, I'm still learning. And then in the evening, I go and I train with another master who continues to push me and teach me another art. So uh, wow. I have my own training sessions. And then in the afternoon, I, I, I still train with people. So I, I still have people that critique me and keep on giving me more so that I can be a better martial artist and a better teacher and a better killer for the work that I do. Yeah, sounds like you keep a very busy schedule, my friend. I, I, I try my best. I, not in the sense to say busy. I'm like, you know, it's busy in the sense that um, I, I fill myself with things that bring me fulfillment, that bring joy yeah. to my, myself and my family. All right, the things that you're engaged in, I guess would be a better way to say it. Yeah. <laughs> and fulfillment. Now, do you, you, do you also shoot videos on some of Yes, and I, I, I occasionally uh, I do put um, some videos um, on Instagram and then on my business Facebook page. Um, you know, if I get permission, if I know somebody's really, you know, going through something, then, mm-hmm. um, you know, if they get permission to record it or to put something out there, then, then I'll put it out there, you know, because I want people to see that this stuff is real. There's a lot of um, fraudulent people out there. I mean, there, there's a lot of charlatans. Yeah, yeah. Like they'll get the sexiest women or the best looking guy to do something, and they're they're mm-hmm. twirling and moaning, literally having an orgasm on the floor. That's not what this work is about. I want yeah. people to see real tears, real twitching, real movement, and actually see that th- that these are real things. That energy is real. That healing work is real, and that people have a chance and they experience things. That could be for the benefit of their mind, body, spirit to heal and take them as their psychological, um, watch my language right now, as a psychological mess. Feel free to, to speak as freely as you'd like, my friend. No worries. No worries. <laughs> okay. Well, there, there's a lot of psychological fuckery that people mm-hmm. have kept themselves in and they don't know any better. So I've, and I've had people see a few of these videos, you know, I'm like, you're going to get the people who don't want to believe in it. You're going to be people who want to attack. And I'm okay with that because, you know, like, because I'm willing to put myself out there so people can actually see, look what's happening. This person is going through um, an energetic release, you know, watch and observe the body. 
as a twitch and move. Here, here's the sniffles. Look at the tears. This is vulnerability. Now, while healing looks different for everybody, deep emotional pains and traumas, this is commonly what it looks like. It's not covering it up. It's not, it's not telling yourself, oh, I'm okay. And I'm like, you know, I'm like, I've healed from it. And then, you know, whatever happened, you know, when you were young or you're, you're even as you get older, but now more for a you know, younger trauma. And now you're in your 30s and your 40s and you wake up in the middle of the night after everybody thought that you were healed, you're okay. And you preached all this shit because everybody said to you, is like, hey, how do you do it? Is then like, you've just covered it up. And now you have a traumatic night terror or all of a sudden you're getting depressed and now you're picking up a lot of alcohol, you're doing drugs, you're sleeping around or whatever it may be. I mean, there's a lot of different ways it looks. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, whoa, I didn't heal. I didn't let it go. And that's why I tell people like, you know, and, and this is my personal, this is just as John Goff. I don't use the term forgive. I use the term let go. Um, and, you know, and, and people say, it was like, well, is it the same thing? Well, I, I, I've seen how some people use it the same, but I've also seen how people use it differently. Is that I have to choose to let go. I don't have any external source, you know, and I'm like, you know, like letting it go for me. And I'm not handing it over to anybody, um, you know, and as far as like um, certain aspects of religion might teach you. I myself, I, I take accountability for my emotions. I take, you know, I'm responsible for how I'm going to interact with society and the world and myself through the events that have transpired in my life. So I choose. I'm going to let this go because I will no longer let this event define me. So let's let's talk about the the, uh, the dogma and the uh, the religious aspect of of your journey here. What were you uh, What were you brought into initially? I, I, I was brought into the LDS faith. You know, oh, which, which, which people, you know, like a lot, a lot of the world, you know, know um, that this religion known as Mormons. <laughs> okay, all right, very good. That's <clears throat> that's what Mormonism is is, is umbrellaed under, or uh, yes, is that okay, so, is... so when people say you know, like, like Mormons and Mormonism, um, it, it falls under the, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints. Got you, got you. I'm familiar with that uh, that one there. Okay, so as you're awakening, I mean, you've, you've got this this dogma on you, and I'm not really, I'm not uh, totally clear on, on the Mormon practice, but what kind of things were you experiencing as you're, like, having this awakening? Uh, well, I, I, I mean, it I sounds like it would be a, a struggle, a really hardcore struggle, you know, spiritually. Yeah, I, I couldn't grasp um, why people would... Um, go and do I you know different than what what we find in Catholicism but why people would go and make make a confession to to their bishop or to the state president and it's supposed to be between you and God but then the excuse was well like I'm like um you know, like they are you know called upon God they facilitate you know for God um you know like like, like they are the counsel for God you know for you but it's like, you know, like if I'm going to repent to something or something I'm told is a sin because I'm not living a certain way or following a certain command, you know, uh, what people say the commandments are or what modern day prophets are telling you to do. It's not if it's between me and God, I, 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 I wasn't grasping that. 
like if I need to let go of something, if I need to change something, it made no sense to go to people who are not trained professionals to help me, whether it was drugs, you know, whether it's somebody into pornography or, or whatever it may be, it just, it wasn't clicking with me because I was watching people heal themselves, um, rid themselves of things that they found unhealthy through energetic practices, through, you know, Kundalini, through, you know, breath work, through, you know, through whatever, but I wasn't seeing it, you know, within the faith. And then I was seeing pain and I was seeing suffering. It just, it didn't make any sense to me. And then my, so I, so I started, so everything I questioned and then because I questioned it, oh, the devil got me, these teachings and these things I was learning, it, you know, it, it was, it was a mimic of God that the true power only comes from the priesthood that man has no power without God. And the second that I heard that, I was like, fuck this. <laughs> a man has no power without God. He has no power without Jesus Christ. He has no power without the priesthood. Because anything that comes outside of Jesus Christ, it is of Satan. It is Lucifer, the great deceiver, the adversary, yada, yada, yada. And then, you know, for years, that is what I struggled away from. It was the family ties, other religious ties. And, and then, you know, you start being ostracized and people start talking yeah. about you. And then, you know, you become the person that your next door neighbor or your visiting teachers or whoever, they have to say Brother Goff because Brother Goff is, is doing satanic practices. He's oh, doing magic and energy work. And, oh, my God, the devil has him. <laughs> Goodness. Yeah, that's an insane ride there. That is an insane ride. So now, did it take you a long time to to overcome this, or do you find yourself still kind of shedding some of that today? Oh no! It, 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 when I hit around thirty three, you know, my, you mm-hmm. know, so maybe you know, yeah, about about three years ago, um, I, I had every last little bit of drip of anything that remained just completely gone, and it, it was when I. Um, I quit engaging um, with my grandparents and I cut all ties to earthly family. So when I started looking at what, what actually defines family is like, you know, like uh, I've done all this work and I, I've, I've helped so many people and I've helped myself. What's the, what's that part of me that still remains that I, that, that I'm struggling with. And it was ideals of relationships, ideals of belonging. And when I looked at who had really been there for me as family, my medicine family had been there for me. My martial arts family was there for me. My earthly family was only there when it suited their needs, and I followed their command or let it pass similar to theirs. But everybody else, uh, we're, we're, you know, they are from different faiths. They're from different ideals, and they treat me better than my, you know, by, than my earthly biological family ever did. So that that was a shift for me. To go, wow, I have never been so loved and so accepted for my gifts, my skills, the gratitude for my teachers and the relationships we have that when I, when I cut it all off, it was complete freedom. And then, I, and then my work just boomed. And then I met Dr. Travis Fox through, you know, through a mutual friend of mine. Then I, I met somebody else. And next thing you know, it, I, uh, my work's becoming more exclusive. And then it, and then now we have a, all my business together. I think just started booming, but that boom didn't happen 
because the thing that was holding me back was the thing that I was allowing of earthly ties. Yeah. You talked about Dr. Travis. This is a partner of yours. Yeah. How long have, how long have you two been working together? We, we're working together um, about a year and a half now. Um, Dr. Travis Fox is um, I, one of the co-founders of um, and, and producers within The Secret. And then he also um, you know, finished a little over um, about two years ago. He filmed Beyond The Secret. Um, so he, he's uh, an Emmy winner and an award-winning um, author, producer, uh, director. Um, so he, he's done a lot. He, um, master psychologist, master hypnotherapist. So in my mind, he, he's one, for me, he, he's probably like one of the most famous people I ever met. And then um, we just, we hit it off. We talked and I, he is literally my brother from another mother, literally. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, so we are best friends and business partners. And um, like, like we do the ultimate business quest together and um, we have, um, it, it's in the app store. It's the Google play now. So uh, it, we, we launched this company last year and um, it's just continued to explode and it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. What all do you offer in that? Basic Qigong in it. I, 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 I my okay. sessions of breath work. He covers um, the psychology, um, you know, keys to fear, overcoming um, the fear of failure, the fear of, you know, of success, you know, and, and so much more. We, you know, we have the base meditations in it. Um, you know, I got a hypnotism, what, you know, the professionalism of, of work, you know, it, it really takes you going to yourself in this program. How do you overcome the parts of you, you know, that are holding you back? And um, you yeah. know, so, so right now, it, 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 you know, anybody can go to it. Um, it, it, it. It's aimed at everyone, but it's also built for people who want to be entrepreneurs. How do you build your business? What exactly is success? What is success is to you? And then how to get yourself to the success that you want to be so you can thrive and live a life and retire at an early age so you're not busting your ass every single day, do the same thing in and out that does not bring you happiness. And here's a key one that people go, whoa, we're not in the people business. We're in the fun business. This program takes the fun back into it, but it also takes time that you're going to put in yourself to to release to let go what shifts and changes do you need and then once you recognize the needs and you start fulfilling those needs then you watch what you want come to you after those needs are fulfilled got it what is the, what is the name of that that company that organization that is the ultimate business quest Business quest. Very nice. It, now, it, go ahead. And the app itself is it, it, just under UBQ. So some types of UBQ are even mm-hmm. like they can they can go get the app or go look at it. And yeah. the ultimate business quest.com that mm-hmm. a person can go right to it or myquestapp.com will take you right to the site to let you know you see what's being offered. And uh, it, it gives a good uh, overview of the company. Yeah, very nice. And so now you're also on Facebook. Yeah, I, I I'm on Facebook as the Experience. Oh, that's how they find you under the Experience. Yes. Okay. And then you're on Instagram. What's your name on Instagram? So it is John Goff underscore the 
underscore experience. So John Goff underscore the underscore experience. So if you just look at it without the underscores, it's John Goff the experience. And then I'm beyond underscore conventional underscore healing. So beyond conventional healing is also my Instagram. Excellent. And then you got a website too, right? Yes. Godswhospeak.com. Godswhospeak.com. I love that. Now, I also want to talk to you about your, um, your feelings about medicine here in the States. As far, and like in, in, in relation to like all the, the modalities that you have, wouldn't you say that like the modalities that you have under your belt that you're aware of here can pretty much eliminate all of all of uh, pharmaceutical medicines pretty much i know it could, could and i watched it happen and then i'm like you know but here's the thing um in chinese medicine a lot of these uh, you know arts and modalities are also called preventative medicine so you know a, a lot of the uh, healing can happen and i i gotta be careful saying the word curing you, you know even though there have been a lot of cases where people have been cured of things but healing itself isn't necessarily curing, but it, it's releasing to where, you know, um, curing of an element, you know, can happen. But it's, it, it's also starting young. You know, it's like I, if I try doing some, you know, some, some breath work or some of the modalities that I do with somebody who's let the body get so far gone and they've been medicated up for so long, I, um, I, I can help ease it and give them comfort and give a lot of relief to it. But um, I they pretty much have gone so far that, that, that there's no way back for them, you know, except for having some ease and comfort to ease the state of pain or disease that they're in. But if, if you get to a place to remove the dysfunction or the disease of the body and, and you start before it gets so far ahead, it was like, hey, I, I'm going to scale it one to ten. You're at a four or five. We can get that down to a one to a zero, but you have to start now. And that means, hey, if you want to get off the medications, if you want to eliminate the threat of pharmaceutical RX and everything, you know, when it comes to being drug induced and, you know, and be medicated all your life, you have to make a decision right now. I want to breathe differently. I want to think differently. I want to believe differently. I want to know differently. And it's literally a ready choice. It's like as soon as a person is willing, they're willing to change, the change starts to become immediate once they initiate that willingness to let go and just be. And that, and that means you have to get ready you know, to have your world flip upside down. And a lot of people aren't ready for that. They want to stay stuck in a state of fear or um, in a sort of belief that this is all there is, that they, they cannot heal, they have to suffer because it allows them to maintain the story. And that's the story that the pharmaceutical company wants to tell you. That's the story that you know, maybe your parents or your grandparents or culture wants to tell you. And none of it's true. But it stays true as long as you want to stay true. Do you work with any kind of Chinese herbal medicine? No, it, as well? the, the, the Chinese herbology is a one thing I was not able to get into. It is in my so yeah. as, a future, as a future thing, if I have the time on top of everything else I'm doing, that definitely is a future <laughs> interest. As of right now, um, I'm more Amazonian plant medicine and the modalities that I do is um, where my focus has been. Yeah. Now, have you like tried a lot of the uh, Chinese herbal medicine yourself? I, I had um, a Chinese master, Sifu Xuan, 
who, who exposed me to a lot of different things. Uh-huh. And, and, and it, it, it was good, but um, it just for like, like my American diet at that time when I was training with them, um, it, it didn't match. And, you know, and I, I was still, you know, technically a teenager and a young adult, but um, I saw the benefits of some of his other um, students and the practitioners under him, the benefits it was, it was giving them. But for what I was eating and the way I was living at that moment, um, it, it, it was just, it was too much uh, contraindication is in my mind for everything that we were go- going through. That if I were to take that, that could have got me sick. And then I would have, you know, I quit eating this and then that would have got me sick. So yeah, like, he let me try a few things um, that, that were good. Like, like basic ginseng and uh, uh, the ginkgo biloba were really, really uh-huh. good for me. It helped with my energy, helped my memory. But some of the other uh, uh, plants and uh, like other things I'll just leave unnamed so people just don't go and try and try them. Um, it, it may be a little bit nauseated. Um, it made my joints ache because, you know, it, and, uh, there's certain things you should not be eating with Chinese medicine. Like you can't eat, yeah. certain red, you can't eat red meat with some of these herbs. You can't eat this with some of these herbs. So a lot of the Chinese medicine, if people get into it or they want to consume it, uh, they, they have to know the in and outs of, of what their daily diet is too and what they should or should be taking or what time to take it or not to take it because it can have very adverse side effects. Yeah. Yeah, no, that makes sense. It makes sense a lot. Now, the um, acupressure and acupuncture, do you think that, uh, do you feel that the acupressure can accommodate the body almost similar to, to what acupuncture can do? I know it can because I, I use acupressure. And I, I, that's the other thing too. And you know, like, um, just going over it, you know, like with my hybrid, yes. like, like yeah. I, I'll, I'll use as if some people say it's like burning sensations or it feels like um, electricity is coming out of my fingertips is when I'll, I'll touch certain areas, certain acupressure points with my fingertips and I'll literally shoot the energy through. And people who have had um, acupuncture done have said, you know, like they thought it was just as good, if not more powerful, the acupuncture because it wasn't as um, invasive. Is that like it wasn't the needle going in? So by being on the outer layer, but using the same um, meridian point and letting energy do the work instead of the needle, it could be just as powerful, if not more powerful. But it, it's again, it's on the energetic scale going through, and some people get frightened by the energy feeling. Then maybe the acupuncture is better for them. But I've seen just as good as results, if not better, from people doing acupressure than going to an acupuncturist. The only difference wow. with acupuncture is you could do multiple needles at once. And um, yes. your finger's going to go so far, you know, maybe two or three places at a time. <laughs> no, that's good. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, because I, I believe that myself as well. I'm glad you're uh... – I'm happy that you're confirming that, especially coming from the, the, the degree of this of experience with these modalities like you do. Do you, uh, <clears throat> sorry about that. It's okay. Got a little tongue tied there. Now I was also looking at some of the stuff that you, that you have here down here. One of the things that I wanted to ask about is like, how long, let's see. How, how long have you been like doing this to where like you feel like you've acquired the level that you have? You know what I mean? I, I don't want to, I'm not trying to, you know, to, 
to gas you up or anything like that. I'll, because I believe you're, you're, you're highly skilled high, at a high level here with a lot of these modalities, uh, martial arts and, and the gongs that you do. So like, was there a point when you felt that you were just at that master level or do you, because I heard you say earlier that you, you still talk about yourself in terms of a student. So I just was curious about that. Yeah, uh, uh, there, there's a time and place for the word master. Uh, you know, and like you're just, just showing that, um, yes, I've achieved a high level of uh, mastery in area. But um, what I was doing, you know, 10 years ago, no, I, I, I had master level, but it's nothing compared to what I'm doing now. So my, the level of mastery continues to move up. So to, to say master, you mm-hmm. achieve a very high level of, of mastery to the degree over um, what what uh, what a basic would be. So these really good foundational basics at a really high level to be able to give a really high output to, to the level of skill just beyond learning. But then a year later, you're doing even more. A year later, you're doing even more. It was like 10 years later, you know, there's things that I was doing 10 years ago that might have taken me uh, four sessions to do on somebody. Now they're being done in one session or what would have taken 50 minutes to do. I'm, I'm literally vibrating your being in five minutes. So the mastery was has always been there, but the proficiency of the mastery continues to go up and get stronger over time as the practices and um, the studies continue to be present. Yes. Now, are you doing, do you do any writing? Oh yeah. I, I write a lot. I asked that because it sounds like you've got kind of like you're like very much a, a pretty solid system going on here that like is unique to, to what else is, you know, other things that are out there. So I was just wondering how, how you might be recording this or documenting it, if you will. I, I, I've done a lot of documentation. I document my clients. And then um, I even uh, just like doing a podcast with you and um, starting, you know, podcast more frequently with people. And um, mm-hmm. being in a position, especially with me having Tourette, so I don't always notice it. Sometimes I do. You know, there might have been a few times or a lot of stuttering on this conversation that people are like, oh, like I got stuttering. Well, I also have Tourette's. So sometimes I stutter, sometimes I twitch. And um, friend, you know, there was no stuttering. <laughs> but no stuttering. That's why I that's why I kind of wanted to mention it because I mean just the stuff that you're like that you're just like knocking the shit out of the belief system of, of people. I mean, as far as these topics go, it, it's just amazing. You know, it's like, yeah, I mean, this has been an excellent conversation so far. And <laughs> you wouldn't know that unless you actually, like, you know, like you said, just shared it right now. It, it, so as far as, like, writing goes, I, I, you know, I'll start writing and documenting um, and putting things. I also do, do a lot of things in a song of poetry to express. Because sometimes people are looking at something philosophical or something more, a little more tense and, like, over their head. Or it, it might just overwhelm them a little bit. So yeah. I put things into song lyrics, whether it's me beating a drum or playing the flute, um, or I put things into poetry, then it, it, it tends to get through a little bit more and draw people's attention because they're they're looking at it from a point of a reader who, who's looking for something in that form. But you put things down, and a lot of this goes back to dogma again. They see something written down that's very structured, Sometimes that can really throw people off because they have the yeah. association with scripture or they have association with something else similar to where it, it's a written word and it's like it, it, it's a command of instead of seeing it for what it is. 
So there's times I still do that, but I, I'm very selective with my audience, what I share, so that people have a choice to um, to interpret how they want to without causing too many side effects. Nice. <clears throat> now I do have a question that I, I want I want to ask: the coconut thing. Yeah. The breaking of the coconut. <laughs> Were you challenged to do that? Oh I no! Just, just... They, 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 like, so people just like, is I'm like, well, like, um, I, I, you seen me break bricks? You seen me do this? And then um, my daughter was just like, you know, like, you know, like, I, I had seen her for a few years due to some, you know, circumstances, and she was, she was around again temporarily. Throughout mm-hmm. the time, she goes, like, I heard you could do all these things, and, and, and I'm like, so I showed her some of my brick breaking videos and my other stuff, and she's like, I'm like. What about coconuts? I'm like, well, coconuts are a little harder. And so we, 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 we went to the store. She goes, I don't believe it. And I was technically a challenge for my girl. But I, I was just like, no, but this is actually quite easy for me. You remember, I'm like, I, 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 I slammed through bricks with a gentle slap in my palm. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, but I could do this for you. So I had, had it recorded. And I'm like, okay, like, like the one you saw. And just break the coconut. <laughs> so did you say the coconut would be harder than the brick? coconuts are a lot harder than bricks that is interesting i would not have known that because it's rounded either than my you know so so you know even more like more like an oval shape technically but like like the circularity Uh, of the coconut uh, it it dissipates um the the more pressure yes got you that's interesting i do have another question though to that when you when you're breaking when you're doing this this test with the bricks or you're you're you know even with this coconut here where does your mind go um or has much. it such a process of just training towards just kind of an automatic thing like breathing you don't really think about it it just kind of happens as the as long as the notion's there yeah it's just like all it is there's just an object there that you know that my hand um wants to go through but the energy you know the energy behind the hand or what we consider you know the outer auric field or the chi outside the hand and the eternal energy you know or the spiritual body is what's guiding the vessel so as long as you know that's always in mind for practitioners of, of arts who aren't just breaking out of just raw strength and messing their hands up like yeah. i don't i don't have scars in my hand my hands are not all messed up and calloused i'd be like how do you do all that and i'm like well it's breathing and energy I, I'm like you have nasty scars over your hand and i lift up and when i'm coming down I see my energetic hand. I can literally see it. I can feel it breaking through the coconut and go or the brick or whatever it's going. It's going all the way through to the other side before I make physical contact. And then when I hit, everything just breaks. <laughs> oh, wow. That's pretty amazing. No, and I know that's a mastery, uh, kind of a mastery of, of, the, of just everything, everything that you know, your mind, body, and spirit all, all in one to do that. I mean, I would, I'm assuming you say that's correct. Yes. Yeah. No, and I remember too, as like you know, as a child growing up, you know, it's, I was very influenced by by a lot of Chinese mysticism and, and martial arts that I, I could find on TV. But that was the one thing that always like you know kept my interest could, because the the fighting scenes were great. They were flying in the air and kicking and all that stuff. I loved that stuff. But what was even better were, were the times when they would sit down with their master or their their teacher and have those conversations about balance and about appreciation and gratitude. Those that kind of those kind of movies impacted me so hard and heavy it wasn't even funny. 
to where it kind of put a, a spiritual aspect into the martial arts of it, which kind of layered it for me, which it martial arts always has a, a, a spot in my heart. You know, it's like, it, 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 you know, for everything that it is and everything that, you know, what it, it's believed to be, I think it's a fine art that is just kind of, uh, it's part of that embodiment of being an empowered individual, you know? Yeah. You, you don't always have to use it, but it's there in case, in case you do, in case you, and like you were talking earlier, I love that was beautiful about how it's, you know, one hit after that, it's an opportunity to heal. I've never heard anybody say it like that, you know, and that was, that was beautiful. Thank you. You're welcome. Well, my friend, I want to say it was a pleasure chatting with you right now. I mean, today in this conversation here, right? it was like there was just so much that you offer here. I do want to let people know how to get a hold of you again, because it, there's just there's a lot here. And I, I believe you could really serve a, a multitude of people with, with these uh, modalities here. I mean, you're, I can definitely feel your, uh, your spirit coming through here. So now let's go let's share with me the website again. Okay, it'll be godswhospeak.com. Okay. And then your Instagram handle? So it'll be uh, J-O-H-N, John, then Goff, G-O-F-F, underscore, the, T-H-E, underscore, experience. So John Goff, the experience, on Instagram. And then uh, my other Instagram is beyond, underscore, conventional, underscore, healing. So beyond conventional healing. Very nice. And then Facebook, you said and, that? And if Facebook is, if they just look up uh, the experience, then they can find me uh, on Facebook as the experience. Nice. And then your business again? It, the business is the ultimate business quest. And the app can be found um, as UBQ um, in, in the app store or Google Play. Excellent. All right. And then when I post, I'm going to post this onto Facebook. There's an announcement. I'll show those links or those ways to get a hold of you as well. But I want to say it was a pleasure uh, having you and chatting with you here. I enjoyed your time. And I appreciate your time and value it greatly, my friend. It was definitely an honor. And um, I look forward to, uh, if you ever want to have me on again, I, I, I'm 100% up to it. So thank you so much for the opportunity. As soon as I can get out to Utah, my friend, I'm going to go see you. I want to hang out. <laughs> you know what? I, let's make it happen. We're only a few hours apart. <laughs> Very good. Thank you, my brother. Will you take care, and I will talk with you soon. Uh, thank you. Good day. Thank you.